Welcome to Defenders, the teaching class of Dr. William Lane Craig. Today, the creation of life and biological diversity, part five. For more information and resources from Dr. Craig, go to reasonablefaith.org. We've been studying different interpretations of Genesis chapter one. We've looked at the literal interpretation and then at the gap interpretation then thirdly at the day gap interpretation, and today we want to turn to the day age interpretation. The day age interpretation has been held by a number of church fathers and commentators down through history. It holds that the days of Genesis 1 are not meant to be taken as 24-hour periods of time. Rather, they represent long periods of time of unspecified duration. On this view, God created the world over six ages, so to speak. You might interpret Genesis 1 as describing six consecutive ages of creation, and thus the text is not meant to take, teach a literal six-day creation. Now, before we look at a critique of this view, is there any question by way of comprehension of what the day-age interpretation holds? Jim. Who are some of the church fathers who would have accepted this? Do you know? I think Augustine held to something like this. Is that, is that right, Ben? You would yes. know, I think. I don't know. Yes. Honestly, I don't know of any church fathers. Yeah. Uh, Augustine was... was wary of it. He, he didn't really understand it that well. Yeah, I have to, to check on, on names. Yes, Steve? Uh, are they always talking about this physical realm, or are they also talking about day ages of the spiritual realm? Well, this is supposed to be about the creation account in Genesis 1, so about this physical realm, not prior ages in spiritual realm. Don't some of them also hold to that as well? Uh, if they do, I'm not aware of it. Could you differentiate between the day-age theory and the day-gap theory a little bit more clearly? Yes. The day-gap theory was that these are 24-hour periods of time, literal days, but they are not consecutive. They are separated by long periods of time. Uh, on this view, the days are consecutive, but they're not 24 hours. They are great long ages that follow one after another. And so this would be consistent with a very old age of the earth and consistent with the evolution of life over millions of years, depending on how long you want to make the days last. Yes? How old is this uh, theory in? In, uh, well, as I say, I, I, my um, information is that it's been one that's been held by some of the church fathers and then down through history, various commentators. Um, but I am at a loss to name specifically at this point who they might have been. I didn't anticipate that question. There is one. I just forgot his name. Yeah. There, but it's primarily been popular since the... Okay. Yes, was there? Yeah, I've got um, a quote here from Augustine to answer the question. 
Um, from the city of God, he wrote, and this is in, I guess, about 410, he wrote it. Uh-huh. Um, As for these days, it is difficult, perhaps impossible to think, let alone explain in words what they mean. But then in his article, The Literal Meaning of Genesis, he added, but at least we know that it, the Genesis creation day, is different from the ordinary day with which we are familiar. In the same book, he added this comment, seven days by our reckoning after the model of the days of creation make up a week. By the passage of such week, time rolls on, and in these weeks, one day is constituted by the course of the sun from its rising to its setting. But we must bear in mind that these days indeed recall the days of creation, without, but without in any way being really similar to them. Augustine understood the evenings and mornings of the Genesis creation days in a figurative sense. He concluded that the evening of each creation day referred to the occasion when the angels gazed down on the created things after they contemplated the Creator, and that the morning referred to the occasion when they rose up with their knowledge of the created things to praise the Creator. In Confessions, St. Augustine noted that for the seventh day, Genesis makes no mention of an evening and a morning. He deduced from this omission that God sanctified the seventh day, making it an epoch extending onward into eternity. So, but it does list here, there are several other, you, t- you asked about the other scholars. So uh, Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, um, Hippolytus, just for a few. They're, they're, they're listed among proponents of the day-age view? Yes. Okay. Okay, very there interesting. So Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Hippolytus, and, and perhaps Augustine. Basil? Uh-huh. Which, okay. Basil of Caesarea. Okay, yes. Um, not, a, not an old-timer, but Gleason Archer, I think, in, in more contemporary. Right, he wouldn't be a church father, no, but no, he, uh, be a church father. he was <laughs> my colleague at Trinity when uh, I taught there, yes. <laughs> but but a, <laughs> you're this good, good He was old even then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, going back to the, uh, to the day, to the previous, the day gap. Yes. I, I, I reread uh, Seven Days That Changed the World, or parts of it, uh, before our session here. By John Lennox. John Lennox, great book. But he he pointed out in connection with this that the first five days don't have the definite article, ha, for saying the, this day, the day, the day, the day, for the first five, but only the last Uh two. So he he makes the point that the the grammar would allow for extended days, whether you you would take this view or not. Anyway, that was his... Point. So are you saying that you think Lennox is a proponent of the day gap view yeah, yeah, rather than the he, day yeah, age view? Yeah, he's, he's okay. a day, day gap, okay. as I understood. Yeah. All right. Yes, you'll find these views represented across the spectrum among contemporary evangelicals. Probably the most famous day age advocate today would be Hugh Ross uh, with reasons to believe. This is their theory. All right, well, what might we say by way of um, critique? I think that the day-age interpretation is certainly a possibility. Um, We do have, as I pointed out earlier, suggestions in the text that the days are not necessarily intended to be literal 24-hour periods of time. Recall what I said about the creation of the vegetation and the fruit trees on the third Day. We're not to imagine this as being like time-lapse photography uh, where the vegetation sprouts out of the ground and bears uh, seed and fruit in a mere 24 hours. 
So I think that uh, there are indications in the text that these are not uh, necessarily 24-hour periods of time. But the idea that the text intends us to take the days as six consecutive ages, um, especially of equal duration, is something that is being read into the text rather than out of the text. I don't think there is much in the text that suggests that we have here six consecutive ages, rather than a figurative or a metaphorical use of the language of days. In fact, insofar as those who adopt the day-age interpretation are motivated by modern science to embrace it, it really doesn't fit that well with what modern science says in many respects. For example, the evidence does not support the view that certain forms of life didn't appear on the scene until the previous age was over. For example, according to the scientific evidence, terrestrial life appeared long before birds appeared on the scene. But in the Genesis text, it has birds created during the age prior to the creation of the land animals. Now some interpreters have tried to escape this problem by maintaining that the days or ages were not consecutive but were actually overlapping so that midway through one age a succeeding age began. But again such a hypothesis is clearly a contrivance aimed solely at uh, reconciling the text with modern scientific evidence. I think it would be hopeless to try to find anything in the text that suggests such an interpretation of overlapping ages. Indeed, what the text says about morning and evening being the end of each age would seem to contradict the idea of overlapping ages because the dawning of a new age uh, is the morning of the next day, and each age ends with the evening and then the dawning of the succeeding age. So that would be incompatible with seeing these ages as overlapping. So the day-age view, I think, is certainly a possibility, but it's one that I think finds a little support in the text, apart from the fact that the days are not necessarily meant to be taken literally. Any comment about that critique? Yes, Jonathan. I think you glossed over the exposition and support section and immediately went to critique for the day-age interpretation. Is that right? Um, I did not. I just didn't have very much to say about oh. its exposition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it just seemed very straightforward to me to say that the days aren't literal, they're ages of time okay. that happen one after another. Okay, no question. It's, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah, Bruce? I was just going to make a general comment on all of these as we're reviewing them, that almost any of these, or any of these, you could find biblical support and scientific support for almost any of these scenarios on, on origin. But... Uh, you know, so we have to consider that, and I think also we have to consider that the science changes. A lot of these have been adapted to science, but science has, has moved in a lot of areas 
and changed. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take the origin of the of the universe, uh, 60 years ago it was the universe was supposed to be static, uh, infinite, and unbounded. Now we know it has an origin, it's expanded, mm -hmm. and it has a bound. Yeah. This is 180 degrees in 60 yes. years. Now, fortunately, what we're doing here, although I did mention the motivation that some people might have in modern science, is assessing these views simply with respect to the biblical evidence rather than with respect to modern science. And uh, I just don't see anything in the text, apart from the fact that the days don't seem to be 24-hour periods of time, to support the day-age interpretation that we have here days of e or ages of long periods of time equal in duration, uh, especially the idea that they're non-consecutive but overlapping. It seems to me that all of this is being read into the text and therefore the, the, the biblical support for it is slim. Now that doesn't rule it out. These aren't knockdown arguments. I'm just giving some of the pros and cons for each one. One of the things yes. that I would say um, that we cannot say it has to be an age rather than a day is God can create things in maturity. You talked about that this would be a fast, fast, yeah. everything happening one day, but God creates things in maturity. Certainly we know he didn't create Adam and Eve as babies. He created them mature. Uh -huh. And so he could create yes. the mature as well as the seed at the same time and all be created at one time. He, he certainly could, as you say, the creation of Adam and Eve or the sun, the moon, and the stars doesn't seem to be the result of a long process. But the third day, to me, is just so striking that God doesn't say, let there be fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind, let there be vegetation bearing seed after their kind. Rather, what he declares is, let the earth bring forth vegetation uh, bearing seed after its kind and fruit trees bearing fruit after its kind and it was so the earth brought forth These things so there you do not seem to have a sort of instantaneous creation of the the biosphere on the earth, but rather the, uh, a gradual um, Generation of the the vegetation from the ground Ben I had a quick question about, uh, do you see there any, any difference if it was a slow growth of all the rest of the plants as when it says that uh, God planted a garden hmm. and anything that that, would be, that could be different, that he actually planted that possibly? Yeah, I, I do agree with you that that language in Genesis 2 about God planted a garden in Eden and there were in it things like the tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil, that could be different. There you don't have this language of the earth bringing forth these things. So, yeah, I, I think that that difference is, is interesting and would support what I'm saying about day three being a long, um, not, not a 24-hour period of time, but a process. Yes. I was going to say in terms of support, I know Hugh Ross would say that he uses three arguments to say that the days are long periods of time, which are similar arguments that you've already used once before, to say that they're more metaphorical, and that is uh, day six is long because of 
Genesis 2, giving too much information to happen in one day. And uh, let's, for the class's sake, just review that. That would be like bringing all the animals to Adam to name, and he feels lonely without a companion, and, and so forth. And so Hugh's position would be everything in Genesis 2 happened on day 6. Yes. Uh, then the not ending, the day 7 not having an evening and morning phrase and being a, a continuous day, he put, he would agree that we're in the seventh day, so it must be a long day. Yeah. And then the just the meaning of the word yom uh, as a possibility for a long period of time. So those would be the three arguments yeah. he would use. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, especially that third point there. You notice that it's it's appealing to a different meaning of the word, um, and that I'm very skeptical about. That that the word means age or long period of time as opposed to being a, a metaphor for a long peri period of time or an indefinite period or something of that sort. Y yes. Um, yeah. I just wanted to share Genesis 1.11. It says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed was in itself upon the earth and it was so. Yes, um, this is the account on the third day that we refer to about letting the earth bring forth these yeah. things. And yes. so before I was saved, um, I was kind of one of those people that believed in evolution and um, praying and asking God, like, did you create it all? He brought me to this verse and revealed to me that seeds don't evolve. Um, and he actually put the seed within the fruit um, and he created the tree with the fruit and the seed in it already. And well, that's what it's now, is that what you're suggesting? I mean, I, that's not what I read in the text. It says, let the earth bring forth the vegetation, plants yielding their seed, mm -hmm. fruit trees bearing their fruit. It sounds like a very natural process to me. Uh, so where it says whose seed is in itself, uh, your translation is a little bit different than mine. Okay. Um, bearing fruit in which is their seed, talking about the, the trees, each according to its kind. I take it that that would mean things like peaches that have a stone in them, fruit trees. You said peaches that have a stone? Yeah, that's what the seed or the pit, the pit of the peach is called, that right? Would a be stone? The seed. Not, that's a not meaning a piece of rock, but <laughs> right? That not that right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the, the, the pit would be the seed, right? Yes. Right? So, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm off or something, but it seems like you were saying that it was taking a while for it to get there. And yes. God is actually saying that he created that peach tree with a peach on it. It doesn't say that, though. It, read read that, what it says again. It says, let the earth mm -hmm. bring forth vegetation Grass, with bearing seeds seed. according to their kind, with fruit, with the seeds in them according to their kinds. Uh -huh. And then it says, and it was so the earth brought forth these things. So it isn't as though there's the miraculous appearance suddenly of full-blown mature fruit trees with peaches hanging on them. Why and ripe you, fruit. It, it, the earth brought forth these little things, and they grew and flowered and mm -hmm. produced fruit. So it seems to me that that's just one indication that we're dealing here with something that's not a 24-hour time period. 
I, I, I want to ask you something. Like, why would you, because here it's actually saying that it's yielding. Yielding means that it's already bearing. I, I, I take it that, yes, but it, it, had to, it had to first grow up and then produce seed that would be from and our, trees. That, that would be from, like, our human thinking. Yeah. But that's not how the Lord is saying that he did it. Well, except it doesn't say that. I mean, I, if, if it said, let there be fruit trees with fruit on them and let there be plants with seeds in them, I, that's what I would say it teaches. But it doesn't say that. It, it says that the, the earth brought forth these things, that they grew up out of the ground. All right, let's, let's go to one other question here. Yes. A lot of translations don't make day three sound very good. There's actually two Hebrew verbs there that's used. The New American Standard says, let the earth sprout sprouts. It's the noun and the verb are the same. So it means new growth. And then verse 12 says, and the earth produced, which is the same word in, uh, on day six, that the earth produces land animals as well. Yes. So it's let the earth sprout plants and that word yielding is actually the Hebrew word asah, so it's causing or making, making seeds. So it's let the earth sprout plants that make seeds, is what it's saying. Not let, the, not let there be trees with seeds in them. It's let the earth sprout, and then it says, and the earth produced. Okay, good, thank you. Back in the back here. So when we started this discussion about this Genesis 1, and I'm reading and it says day 1 and then day 2, and right off the bat, I'm thinking 24 hours. And I think that goes all the way back to Adam's days. A whole day is 24 hours. I don't think that ever changed. What I want to know is, does the Bible give us any indication that a day was, that a God would mean that a day might be a little bit more than 24 hours, at least in this yeah. First couple of verses here. There are two, two issues going on here that shouldn't be conflated. And you'll remember I spoke to this earlier when we talked about the literalistic view. One would be to say that the word day can mean age. That was the point that was being made earlier here. Does it really mean age? I'm skeptical that that's the case. Here it says there was evening, there was morning, this is clearly talking about ordinary 24-hour days, not ages. But the other issue is, can a 24-hour day be used as a metaphor for something else? And that's a totally different question, whether or not a 24-hour day can be used figuratively. And you may remember from the class before, I used the example of the English word arm, which can mean either an appendage or a limb, or an arm can mean a weapon that somebody carries. Now, when the Bible talks about the arm of the Lord is with the people of Israel, it doesn't mean a weapon. It means a limb, an appendage. But that doesn't mean that God literally has limbs, as the Mormons think. Rather, it is a metaphor for the power of the Lord, or the strength of the Lord, or God's favor being with the people of Israel. So, yes, it's a literal arm in the sense of a limb, an appendage. That's correct. But that doesn't begin to address the question of whether or not a literal 
arm or limb might not be used as a metaphor literarily for something else. And that's what I'm suggesting could be going on here in Genesis, is that it's, it's talking, yes, about 24-hour days, but this, they might be used as literary metaphors for something else. But that's not the day-age view. The day-age view is that it, it means or is talking about these long ages or, or periods of time. All right, one last comment, and then we'll close. All right. Uh, it seems pretty clear to me that the days in here are days because they're over and over and over. If you were to write this in a way that says, nah, it's not really a 24-hour day. There's lots of other ways you could write it other than day one, day two, morning and evening. Yeah. But this right here, where it says the earth brought forth vegetation, are we saying that the earth created the uh, plants? That they somehow spontaneously were created? Or are we saying God created plants that um, then grew from the earth? Uh, so I, 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 I question why we say, oh, well, that's enough. The earth brought forth vegetation. That's enough for us to question something that's very clear, the, the time period of the day, but not to question whether or not uh, God created the vegetation, and this is the mechanism that uh, these plants are, yeah. are using to grow. That, that's my well, uh, each one is free to assess these arguments as he sees fit. It seems to me that... Uh, in this case, as I just explained, it's not an either-or. I, I do think it's talking about 24-hour days in the sense that it, it says evening and morning a second day, evening and morning a third day, and so forth. But uh, at the same time, uh, on various days, you have processes described that are very implausible to think that the ancient writer would have thought these happened in just... 24 hours, like the earth bringing forth these plants and, and growing fruit and, and seeds and so forth. If, if it were described in the way that we discussed before, where he simply declared, let there be trees, let there be bushes, let there be vegetation, right, then one could imagine a sort of instantaneous thing that could happen within a 24-hour time or even an hour. But the, the language of it suggests a process um, that isn't something that's just accomplished instantly. All right, we need to close now. We're, we're just over time. So we'll continue our discussion when we meet next time. Let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the stimulus of give and take uh, back and forth as we wrestle with these uh, difficult interpretive questions. We pray now as we go out into the uh, work week that you would guide us, strengthen us, fill us with your spirit, and bring us back again next Sunday. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. The copyright for the preceding material is held by Dr. William Lane Craig. For more, go to reasonablefaith.org.